you're going to be cooking a lot at home and you should come to the dinner table and your family should come to the dinner table happy to be there and excited and interested. And the way to do that is through spices. You know, anyone can just, you know, slap a piece of fish in a, in a pan or something, but to, to play with it and to have fun and to build flavors, that's where things get exciting and it's fun and, and the house smells good and it's welcoming and warming and, oh, it's just so much fun. So I love spices and playing with them and coming up with combinations and in flavor profiles, I think, is just where it's at. Hi, and welcome to The Big Schmear the podcast celebrating Jewish food, culture, and history. I'm your host, Beth Schenker. Hanukkah 2020 has come and gone. I tried a few versions of latkes this year. I have to admit that my first batch of latkes was not good. Uh, My first latkes at Hanukkah always seemed to be problematic. That said, I tweaked a few things, and the second time around was a total win. I even added some sweet potatoes to the mix, and it was great. I also decided to try my air fryer, and I'd say the jury is still out on whether or not that's the way to go. But moving on, it's cold here in Massachusetts, and we have had quite a bit of snow on the ground, so I think it's safe to say winter has arrived. There's clearly more cooking that's going to happen as we close out this stressful year. As promised, I've invited back Chef Laura Frankel to talk with me about the use of spices, I don't know about you, but my menu repertoire could use some spicing up for sure. And I know she'll have some great ideas to share. Hi, Laura. Welcome back to The Big Schmear. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm hanging in there. How about you? (laughs) I am well, and we don't have any snow on the ground here. We're just cold and gray, so... I don't know. I feel like you're one ahead of us. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't sound like a great contest, though. (laughs) I guess. I I like that snow globe thing, though. Yeah, it sounds good in theory. I'll I'll go with that. For my listeners who aren't, and I can't believe there are some, but there might be listeners who aren't so familiar with, with who you are. So can you tell us just a little bit about what you do? Yes. So I've been an executive chef for more years than I care to say out loud. (laughs) Um, And I've owned three restaurants. I worked for Wolfgang Puck as an executive chef in Chicago, but traveled a lot to LA and to wherever. I've had restaurants in Chicago and in New York. I've done catering. I was the culinary director for a media company. And I'm back to doing some catering now during this craziness. So I've kind of done it and seen it all. And, and I've written two cookbooks and a third one that is almost finished. Ooh, that's exciting. Well, let's talk about that at the end. I don't want to forget. So I know Hanukkah's over, but um, how did Hanukkah treat you? I, you know what? I, I kind of go into Hanukkah pretending it's not happening. And then by the second night, I'm really in knee deep. Um, I love <laughs> it. I saute a lot of stuff in olive oil anyways, and I count that. I have a foolproof latke recipe that I will share with you next year before you like have your first (laughs) round of latkes and it has a little bit of science built into it so it works really well Um, and then anything else I can fry and get my hands on I'm in so for the last night I made gnocchi alla parisienne sauteed with um, chanterelle mushrooms garlic and fresh herbs it's amazing and delicious. Whoa. 
So if you were going to guess, I can't believe I'm going to ask you this. If you were going to guess how many latkes you made this Hanukkah, do you... Uh... <laughs> 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 so I catered a Shabbat to go for a couple of hundred people. So I know that over one day in a seven hour period, we made 635 latkes okay. just for that catering. Oh, geez. That ca- yeah. And then a bunch more at home. And then I did a couple of Zoom classes and stuff. So I've, yeah, my house is permanently smelling <laughs> like fried onions, as is my hair. Yeah, it, um, it always but... stays in your hair, right? It, <laughs> yeah. And it in, really the, in the curtains and in your furniture. Yeah, well, anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It adds character. <laughs> <laughs> so moving along to what we're going to, the main topic of the day today, I thought we would talk about the use of spices in cooking. And I'm not exactly sure where to start, but maybe having you give us an elevator speech on the use of spices in your cooking might be, you know, just a short little why are spices important kind of thing. So, you know, the saying variety of, is the spice of life. Yes. So I like to kind of reverse that and say spice is the variety of life <laughs> instead. It works better that way, especially when we're talking about dinner. So the, the elevator pitch is this. So I can take a piece of chicken, let's say, or a piece of fish, a beautiful, you're out there in, in Boston, a gorgeous piece of fish, and I can one day make it taste like it's from Thailand just by using some spices and by tweaking things with it. And then the next day, take the same piece of fish, a similar piece of fish, and make it from the south of France just by adding different spices and by different herbs and changing the profile, the flavor profiles of it. So when I said that spice is the variety of life by just tweaking things a little bit and by adding just a little bit of flavor profile, we, we can travel the world very quickly and easily with just simple foods that you already have at home. Um, and I, and I think that that's what makes it fun. And during this crazy time that most of us aren't going out um, there's nowhere really to go, even if you did go out. Um, <laughs> you're going to be cooking a lot at home, and you should come to the dinner table, and your family should come to the dinner table happy to be there and excited and interested. And the way to do that is through spices. You know, anyone can just, you know, slap a piece of fish in a, in a pan or something, but to to play with it and to have fun and to build flavors, that's where things get exciting and it's fun and, and the house smells good and it's welcoming and warming and, and, oh, it's just so much fun. So I love spices and playing with them and coming up with combinations and, and flavor profiles, I think, is, is just where it's at. So here's a, here's a question. If you were going to say somebody's just starting out exploring cooking um, or even somebody who's been cooking basic stuff for a long time and wants to figure out a way to spice it up. Um, are there some particular spices that you say are the go-tos that you should have in your kitchen cupboard? Yeah, I think there's some basic ones. One of them is cumin seeds. Cumin is one of those ones that ends up in Asian cuisine, in Indian food, in Mexican food, Latin Latin foods. Um, it just shows up everywhere. So cumin is one of those. And I'm talking hard spices. I'm not talking herbs. So herbs are the leaves and, and stems of plants. And spices are typically the seeds, berries, and sometimes the roots of plants. So oh. there's two different things. 
So leaves, like we're, we're, I'm thinking of like basil, oregano, whether it's dried or fresh are called herbs. And then spices would be the seeds, like sesame seeds, cumin seeds, that kind of stuff, coriander seeds, that's the spice. Okay. And sometimes plants, we use both. Like let's think of coriander. So we use coriander seed, but we also use the leaves, but we here in America, we call it cilantro. So we use both of those things. And if you put the two together, you get this amazing like flavor buildup and you use them in different ways. One is a garnish at the end, one cooks with the food and stuff. So you really get a lot of flavor from those things. But coriander would be another one, cumin, obviously cinnamon, but cinnamon, I wouldn't just use for desserts, Mm -hmm. uh, for baking. Instead, it also has its play in uh, savory items as well. And it, and it ends up being very toasty and warm and pairs very well with chicken, with vegetables. I think of like Middle Eastern flavors or even Indian flavors when cinnamon kind of shows up there. There's all kinds of stuff. And just by adding certain things, ginger, suddenly it takes you in a certain direction with your food. And, you know, you can, even if you're kind of lost and you don't know what to do, you open up your spice drawer and start smelling things. And suddenly, you know, it's like, oh, now you have an idea or you know where you want to go with something. And I think what you just said is really important for people who want to try to experiment, but might be a little nervous. So the first thing that you can do is just, as you said, start smelling all the things that are in your closet, in your pantry, and think of what is going to go well together and then, and then just go give it a try. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid. And the, the one thing I'm going to say with, with spices is that you want to make sure that they're fresh. Um, by that is that they're, you're buying dried spices, so it's already dry. And you're thinking, well, how does that make it fresh? You want something that has been in a sealed container. It's not been opened and exposed. Oxygen is, it's, is the enemy, as well as time. So time will dry it out, and it will become like just not flavorful. It's like dust. So you want things to be pretty fresh. When I buy spices, I buy them in small amounts. I just buy half an ounce or an ounce at a time. And that lasts for quite a while. And um, and I use I use them every night. So don't buy things in big bottles and then expect to, to sit on them for a long time. I think you should refresh your spice cabinet like every six months or so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Good advice. So don't buy the big bottles. Yeah, don't buy the big ones. Buy little. Or buy them online and you can buy them in small amounts nowadays. You could just buy like an ounce or so. Sounds like a good a good way to go. Are there certain rules about spices? Like, let's say, are there spices that you wouldn't ever use in the winter um, or during cold weather? Um, are spices, do you think about spices in a seasonal way? You know, I really don't. I don't think of spices that way. I do think of herbs. I don't use basil in cold weather because it's typically hothouse grown. It's not outside in the sun. Mm-hmm. And I think a basil needs sun it needs warm air to develop that flavor hothouse grown basil doesn't taste very good but i think spices are are open to you all year round wherever you are they're it they're used in every cuisine and in every climate and it's amazing and and it will change your food it will change the way you cook i like to buy the whole seeds so and then i toast them lightly in a pan and then i use a mortar and pestle 
to just grind them. Or you can get a little tiny coffee grinder, one of those little, Mm -hmm. little, yeah, and grind them up in there. But toast them first. Toast it so they can become fragrant and they just change color a tiny bit and it'll change your food dramatically. Oh, this is exciting. I'm looking forward to trying some new spices this year because my, I need some, (laughs) I need some pizzazz, you know? Yeah, you got to get in there and just have fun with it. Yeah. So um, speaking of fun, let's talk about this everything spice. I mean, I grew up having bagels with sesame seeds and poppy seeds. I don't even think there were everything bagels back then. It was a long time ago. And so suddenly now I'm seeing everything bagels, everything spice. My daughter even told me about everything nail polish, which I have to say is kind of cool but like it's like everything is everywhere (laughs) what what is this all about (laughs) it's the i'm gonna tell you what it is it's the new pumpkin spice so it used to be all about the pumpkin spice now it's the everything bagel spice it's everywhere it's on everything we're eating it we're you know turning it into things we're dashing it and sprinkling it on everything it's wonderful it's great it's a lot of fun and I, I don't particularly eat a lot of bagels, but I love having the spice mix on everything. It's just great. Everything is everything. <laughs> so do you, have, um, do you have a special blend that you favor or do you make your own? I use, so I use like the typical blend. So the typical blend is equal parts of poppy seeds, sesame seeds, dried garlic bits, like not the dried garlic salt but like chunks of dried garlic, Mm -hmm. dried onion bits, and then a little bit of sea salt. And then because I'm from Chicago, we add a pinch of dried chili flakes here. I don't know why, but that's because we're Chicagoans. That's what we do. I've never done that. that I know you got to try it. It gives like a, just a poke of heat. It's wonderful. Yeah. It sounds good. And then once you've got that, now you can play, you can add, fennel seeds. You can add those cumin seeds that we just talked about. You can add um, nigella, which is very fun. It's a black cumin seed mm-hmm. um, and it's got tons of flavor. You can add just a sprig of uh, just a little dash of cinnamon to it. So you use that first bagel spice thing as kind of your base and then go into different directions because it's pretty neutral by itself. It can go from anywhere. But now you can start to add things to play with it. Well, I I actually never thought about doing that. So how long have you been messing around with the everything spice? For quite a while, we started, let's see, I'm going to say a few years ago, we were doing it because it was on bagels, obviously. Yeah. But then we were putting it in shakshuka um, in my last job. And then when I was with Wolfgang Puck, we used a very similar mix to put with gnocchi and with pastas, that kind of stuff. So you toss it at the end and it gives you all of those flavors. Plus the little black specks look pretty. So I've been using it for quite a while. Wow. Do you have a favorite food that you like to use it with? Or, I mean, I'm thinking you could use it on almost anything, fish, soups, eggs, sandwiches. There's like nothing. Right. It goes on. It's everything is everything. It goes literally on everything. Your, <laughs> your avocado toast in the morning, sprinkle some on there. Put it in, in your favorite vinaigrettes with Ooh. mustard and with great vinegar and delicious olive oil. Um, sprinkle it on your scrambled eggs. Put it on shakshuka. You can take a, 
Oh, you know what I love to make with it? I make chicken schnitzel, but for you, you could do like a vegetable schnitzel, like, you know, portobello onion sliced thinly, a part of portobello mushrooms, not portobello onions. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, I'm getting you all meant. excited. <laughs> Delicious. And put some of the everything spice in your mixture. You could do it with fish. You could, it's really is dust goes on almost everything. Jeez. Uh, I'm just I'm, like, I'm actually thinking about ideas cauliflower steaks or you could just Yum, that would be delicious and i also get now having when you mentioned you would add other things to the basic everything spice and i can see how that would be in could be influenced by whatever you're making so you might add certain things to fish but that you wouldn't add to the vegetables or whatever you can just um you can really play with it so it sounds really fun yeah it, it's a lot of fun it's a good base and then to take it in different directions. So if you want to go Asian one night, you could add a, a tiny bit of star anise to it or a little bit of ginger and go in that direction because the base itself doesn't define it. It's not anything. It's not leaning in any particular cultural flavor profile, but you can definitely take it in different directions and have fun with it. Yeah. So I know you said you have a recipe or whatever that you might want to share with us. Do you want to talk about what you think you might share so and people will be able to find it on our website yeah so I have a, a flatbread cracker that's really easy to make and it sounds kind of like crackers why would I make crackers homemade crackers are the bomb they're just amazing so it's a flatbread cracker and you can serve it just as it is you can break it up you could turn it into crumbs to use to make schnitzel with you can um, sprinkle it over yogurt. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. So I will send that recipe to oh, you yum. as well as, as well as the vinaigrette. Oh, so great. the vinaigrette is fun because those little bits of onion and garlic in there just add so much flavor. You, you let them sit in the vinegar before adding the oil for just a little bit of time, like a few minutes or so. And it flavors that vinegar. And then you add the oil to it. And it just is like a flavor explosion. It's dresses up your salads. It's just delicious. Oh, it sounds great. So I will, um, as in the past, I'll share those recipes um, with all of you on my website. So Laura, do you feel comfortable talking about your new cookbook that that's coming um, out? Right. So the, the cookbook is clean food and it's a modern palette. And it's how the Jewish palette has kind of changed from the kind of the recipes that people thought of the more turn of the century recipes looking at them and now with a modern palette so some of the same recipes but very clean using modern ingredients no faux ingredients nothing that's you know made in a laboratory or whatever <laughs> and so i i will send you as soon as as soon as i've got it all finished and buttoned up then you'll be the first to know with some with some new recipes. Oh, cool. And can you tell people the, the uh, names of your other two cookbooks that they can purchase? Yes. it's uh, The first one is Jewish Cooking for All Seasons, and the other one is Jewish Slow Cooker Recipes. Both are great with lots of wonderful ideas for your table. And you can find those cookbooks on Amazon, where you can find many good cookbooks and other interesting reads. Uh, and I also, uh, if you want to find Laura and find out more about her, you can find her on Facebook. And if you want to reach her directly, you can write her at cheflaura2, the number two, at gmail.com. And as always, I love having Laura as a guest and look forward to our next conversation. 
My recording and mix engineer is Steve Robinson. The Big Schmear theme music is performed by Cavatina Duo from their CD entitled Sephardic Journey on the CD record label. If you like The Big Schmear, please don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, follow my Instagram account at Beth the Jewish Foodie, and write a review or share a like on my Facebook group page. And please do tell your friends to listen. It's the best way for my podcast to grow. If you have any comments or questions, I'm always happy to hear from you. Please email me at beth at thebigschmear.com. And be sure to check out my website, thebigschmear.com, to find recipes shared by my guests, including the new ones that Laura will be giving me. I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear. Best wishes to all of you for a healthy and happy 2021. Thank you for listening and happy eating. Happy eating.